Good evening and welcome to a shortened edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. Are you actually on the train this week? Oh yeah, it, it just came right away. Yeah, for anybody playing the uh, JMU Sports Blog Podcast bingo, you, yeah. you're, you're a free space. You're one, close, one, one space one closer, closer in the winner. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, welcome, um, everybody. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing well, everyone. How are you? Uh, hopefully everyone is uh, doing well after suffering through fits and starts on Saturday night and, uh, you know, both with the weather and with the ESPN3 feed, which I'm sure we'll get to in a second. Um, but welcome to uh, in-season edition. The Dukes got their first win, believe it or not, over the weekend. They are now one, evened up their record at 1-1. One one. Uh, no surprise with the win. Uh, quite a surprise with the way things went down. And certainly, we're, I'm sure we're going to get to some things looking ahead to this week or not looking ahead to this week. Uh, we really, lots of people are in prep mode for things that are much more important than football and JMU sports. Uh, but we think this is a fun time to go ahead and do the show. As always, we're brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. We are tentatively excited to announce we're going to have an event with Pale Fire uh, homecoming weekend. Looks like it's going to be that Friday night before homecoming. So we hope to see a lot of you at Pale Fire on the Friday evening of homecoming. Um, we'll have more details coming out in the next couple of weeks as we head towards that. Big thanks to Tim and Susan at Pale Fire. And as always, go by the tap room there in Harrisonburg, mention the podcast, and you will get a free pint glass. We will hopefully be collecting a few at some point whenever JMU plays a home game this year. Um, <laughs> couple, yeah, couple quick notes. Uh, don't forget, rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, I think all the normal ones we're on. There's something called Overcast I didn't know we're on. That's great. Um, five stars, five points, whatever you want, if you get the chance. Yeah. Um, and spread the word. I did have, Rob, I went to the dog park this weekend and uh, met this super nice couple, Jordan and Heather, and I wish that I had taken the time to remember, you know, or get a last name or figure it out. But um, her dad played football at JMU class of 77 he was on like one of the first teams oh wow and they were and weirdly we of course i as usual self-promoting uh dragged this to the podcast and they were so excited they're like our dad would love this he's so <laughs> you know like he's so excited about this and he always he's like in johnstown pa or something and they were like he's gonna love this so i spread the word a little bit but uh we'll take it from anyone that can do it um, we are going to be, I don't know, somewhat short and sweet. I don't have too much to say about the game. How about you, Rob? No, I mean, there wasn't much of a game to talk about. That's right. So one quarter of football, we are going to squeeze four downs out of that one quarter. Um, there's a couple of things to talk about for sure. We're going to do one concern each headed into what will be a, a real touch and go week, uh, weather wise and game decision wise. And then we have a very embarrassing overtime topic uh sort of riffing on the thing that uh, a lot of people obviously were focused on the weather today and sent us some great weather related ideas uh, we'll, we'll be doing one of those weather related ideas ourselves kind of, we're kind of kind of running with it kind of stretching it but it yeah. should be good definitely so rob you want to take first down yeah um i don't know what, what are you it's a quarter of football right. I, I, it's tough to get too worked up about anything mm -hmm. two full games into the season but we're talking five quarters mm -hmm. i don't know but uh, even with that ridiculously small sample size the defense looks ready yeah like like ready for ca play um i'm awesome. not saying that this is going to be yeah. 
the 85 Bears or the or, or last year's Dukes, but they are certainly playing together as a unit much better than I thought they would mm-hmm. at this point in the season. And, and at this point in the season, I'm thinking two full games under their belt. Um, mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe that game went four quarters. We might have seen some lapses or anything. But for one quarter, I mean, they went out there and completely shut down the run. Um, they've got a tremendous talent advantage. No, yeah. no disrespect to Norfolk State's players. I mean, all those guys on that team are better athletes than I am. Let's get that out of the way. Like, I'm not going to knock them, but they're not as good as the, the Jimmy Morelands of the world. Um, but man, they look good. It was like it's it's like they're seeing. It wasn't just that athletic advantage. It was like assignment football, um, good kind of gap integrity. I don't know. They're, they're playing much better at this stage of the season than I thought mm-hmm. they would be. Kids are all they replaced um, from last year and dealing with some of the injuries and suspension. So I don't know. I'm a, I love Jimmy's pick. I thought that was amazing. I love the rusty. Um, I thought the linebackers in limited action looked pretty good. It was good tackling. Um, I don't know. There's just no complaints at all on defense. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, I, it's so hard to know. I, Rob, I, I said the other night to our friends when they, the little bit of game we were watching, this game is ultimately worthless. I, I, I'm sure that it, it's funny. You know, Houston kind of made a little bit of a jab at having to play this game last week in the press conference. Obviously, he wasn't. He said he wasn't here when the game was scheduled. I wondered, I, I don't think he actually minds probably going on the road and playing at Norfolk State. I, I had to kind of wonder if he had watched them on film and thought, we'd get better competition from scrimmaging ourselves. Um, yeah. So in the end, I, I certainly, as disappointed as I was not to have a full game and get to enjoy watching it, I, I don't know that there's any downside to not playing the whole game and risking more injury. Because you're right, the defense was just overwhelming of Norfolk State. Um, yeah, and, and again, like I think any player in that situation, when you're dealing with the delay, mm-hmm. and then when you come off the field and go back on, I think that's when people just natural tendency. Mm-hmm. People might get lazier, might get kind of chippy yep. um, on both sides. So yep. if if they had waited, you know, 45 minutes or an hour delay and come back, that to me had just disaster written all over it, and, and playing late into the night. Um, so I'm yeah. glad they called it. Yeah, I mean, anybody that watched that a little bit of that or was not that anyone in the world was paying attention to the Miami, Tennessee NFL game yesterday, but it was a very similar thing that, you know, they had multiple, I think that game took like seven hours to play. Or longest, longest game in NFL history. Right. And it just, I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch any of it, but I'd have to think coming back on the field after that, it's just miserable as a player, how you get back up in that and, mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Like mentally how you get up and then also physically, like how your body yeah. warms up again and, yeah. You know, it's, it's not the same as pitching, but, you know, when you see, mm-hmm. like, in Major League Baseball games, and you've seen it, like, with Scherzer mm-hmm. or DeGrom got kind of pulled yesterday because oh, yeah. of rain, it messes with you, man. And I, it's got to be the same way, mm-hmm. particularly for guys that need to get out there and run. You know, I would think, like, receivers, it just seemed like a recipe for hamstring pulls and things like that. <laughs> Absolutely. With nothing to gain. I mean, that, that game was over. Over. Yeah. 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 Well, my second down, and I just want to continue on this note, is just Jimmy. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's not, there's a few, high, a few other highlights from this game, good and bad to talk about, but Rob, I, we've talked about this. It's been a couple of years now that he's become, he's easily been one of our favorite players ever at JMU. From the time th- he set foot on the field. Yeah. From the you very know, that, that first Lehigh game, game he played where he blocks yeah. a field goal to win the game at yeah. Lehigh, you know, he has been electric and to think of where he came from then, on a team that, that, that was the, what was that, the first game of Withers? 
think. Second. So they yeah, lost, first to, Maryland. Second. lost right. to Maryland. Right. We're losing to Lehigh and then came right. back and won. Yeah. And then to get, you know, have some problems, get kicked off the team. And, you know, most guys with talent at JMU in any sport we've seen over the years, you know, you're put off the team. You go to another school and transfer. Yeah. And I don't know what's going on with Jimmy or his family or what his decision was making process was all about, but to stay in school for a year as a regular student and, you know, go to coach Houston and sort of get yourself, you know, I don't know how that all went down when Houston started, but get yourself another chance and turn it into what this has turned into, which is one of the, I mean, he's going to go down easily as one of the most popular JMU players at all time of all time. And probably another JMU draft pick at this point. And to see him tie Raven Green's record of the night was great. Uh, Really looking forward to him breaking the record soon. Uh, But I I just can't say enough. And the other other thing, I mean, perhaps more impressive for for a guy, like you said, who's a star among stars and is going to go down as an all-time JMU great, he still kind of plays with a blue-collar attitude leading leading special teams. I mean, like, he plays (laughs) – yeah. The, he, Amos was amazing, and I'm sure we'll yes. talk about that. Yep. Terrific. He's becoming a terrific weapon mm-hmm. uh, in the return game. But Jimmy's one of the best blockers I've ever seen in special teams. Yep. He, he, seems to, he seems to enjoy that as much as he does picking the ball off or, or guarding another team's number one receiver. And that's how he played his way back onto the team. You know, He came on mm-hmm. what, two years ago yep. and was really just a special teams guy, maybe like in nickel situations, and kind of worked his way back into it. You'd think that a guy like that, once he became, you know, the starter and one of the stars of the team, that he would just ask off special teams or maybe not go as hard to get get, get removed from yeah. special teams. Yep. But it's been the complete opposite. I mean, yes. that's like one of the best parts of his game. And he seems that, I mean, Todd, you played football. Yeah. I mean, special teams is all effort. That's just oh, effort yeah. and intensity. And putting you know? that on film for the NFL scouts – Oh my says, gosh. I mean, you're looking at Raven Green and these guys this year, they're getting a chance. That's as important as anything he'll do playing DB or picking the ball off. Yeah. And yeah. you're right. I mean, we talked two years ago when he first got back on the team. Go back and watch those Rashard Davis, that Rashard Davis highlight season. And I'll bet you half of those returns, it's Jimmy out in front leading the way with a block. Yeah. With a block. And this game, I mean, he was pointing Amos where to go and then picks up <laughs> a huge last block to score the touchdown. Yeah, just unbelievable effort and, and such a great story. And I just – God, I hope that kid just can stay healthy and keep everything together the rest of this year because um, the future is really bright for him. He's so. just so, – we're, we're just spoiled getting to watch him play every Jimmy week. He's just Moore. so much yeah. fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love how that's yep. caught on. Like, that's what we refer to. I know, I know. <laughs> and I loved that Rashad Robinson was was the first guy on Twitter, you know – Talk, telling Jimmy like you better want you better make, set a big record because yeah I, I'm coming back next year to break it so mm-hmm. yeah it's really cool but what about third down for you Rob I don't know I mean do we want to talk about the broadcast yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, we, yes we only had a quarter of football to watch but um, first of all I got the stream to work only going through the JMU football link that they they tweeted it wouldn't mm-hmm. work when I went straight through ESPN I have no idea what's going on but then when you get to it. I know everybody's like, oh, how did they get this ESPN deal? And we just have, you know, these patched together CA ones. They they appeared to be appeared to be filming it or broadcasting it with only two cameras. Mm-hmm. One of which, <laughs> if you told me it was a cell phone, I'd believe you. It was like 
you know, not even saturated. <laughs> like Blair color. Witch Project out there. Yeah. And then they'd switch to the other one. It was like this oversaturated, like, I guess, HD camera. But it was really jarring. You know, it, yeah. it was like they'd switch to the view from, like, behind Norfolk State's offense mm-hmm. back and forth. It was terrible. Those announcers, I, I'm not kidding. Like, I literally, and I'm using literally, literally the correct way here. I'm not being facetious. <laughs> I literally do not know if they were watching the same game. I kind of love them. I got to admit. Like, I kind of love them too, but they're like, oh, again, God bless these guys. They're college athletes. I wish I could have been as talented. Mm-hmm. But when you open the broadcast by saying it's a level playing field <laughs> and every, because a lot of these guys played each other in high school, well, I played against a lot of good guys in high school too. And I, it was not level. I mean, like, right, it was right, ridiculous. Right. And then they're down 17 nothing, and they're acting like, you know, oh, Norfolk State's kind of right where they want them. And I, I really was wondering if they were just like watching game film from another game or something. It was, I, God bless them. We're the biggest, I, I'd say we're the biggest homers. We're clearly not the biggest homers because sometimes you got to just say, hey, you know, good job, good effort. But those guys were ridiculous. I mean, it, it's got to be hard. I'd love to talk to Kurt Dudley about this because, you know, there have been years when JMU has played Virginia Tech or West Virginia or, I mean, not the 21 16 year, but the Michael Vick year, right? I mean, yeah. there, have been, there have been years when he had to go into broadcast knowing. Knowing. There's just no, there's nothing here to see, and I got to do something positive. But I will say, when that announcer on the interception to Jimmy, he talked about what a good look and what a good ball that was for yeah. the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I, I really wonder if they were watching highlights from another game. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like you can be positive. You can talk about, hey, like, hey, they're going to come out. They're going to try to do their best. It's try to pull off the upset. But to just ignore things like the score or yeah. the fact that <laughs> they couldn't get a first down, yeah, right. that was really – that was some kind of hubris. Yeah, that's know. a hard thing. Um, yeah, I thought the broadcast was – that was definitely what I had written down here. Um, I, I mean, hey, if you're going to be a blind homer, you got to – Go big or go home there. <laughs> you got to do it. And they are college. I mean, it, it ain't. Yes. Yeah. There's no reason to kill the kids. Yeah. It's sure. not like, I mean, I don't know. You probably didn't. Mm-hmm. You probably weren't aware of this. But like when the Mets were getting blown out by the Nats, um, that game that I was at where they went down by like three touchdowns, the Mets announcers just started reading the phone book or something. I mean, it was like completely yeah. just, you can, you can do that when it's professionals, but you can't really show guys up, which, which I guess leads to that. Other aspect of the game that we probably need to address at some point. Yeah, is, it's funny. I have I mean, two more. I have one good and one bad. Maybe we'll just do a fifth down here because. Uh, yeah, just, just. Yeah, I think we want to. We want to talk about Ben, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Danucci, um, I, I think everybody who watched this game knows, had a long touchdown run where he was untouched, and I think right off the bat we all realized this game was over. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it wasn't even like he was untouched because it was a great play. You know, this is not a guy who should be outrunning entire teams. And he was outrunning entire teams, the entire Norfolk State team. And he taunted them on his way into the end zone. It was not egregious. Um, This was not Deion Sanders high-stepping. It was not grabbing his junk or, you know, flicking people off. But it was was one that I think Rob wrote on the blog, and rightfully so. You know, it was taunting, A. And B, it was one that a lot of refs would let go. And maybe in a game where the refs weren't prepared for a 75-14 repeat of last year, they might have let go. Had this been JMU-NC State, it would have been a surprise, I think, to see Yeah, that I, I don't call. think that, get, that doesn't get called 
right. you know, Jamie against Villanova no. or, and, or Maine or, you know. No, and Rob, I think you were right on in that, yeah, he's got to clean that up. Houston's got to talk to him about it. But the fans who sort of go bananas about this stuff, um, you know, that, that as, you, as we always say, the, the Venn diagram with the same people who say, you know, kids these days is one big circle right yeah. there. And I, I don't know, it wasn't, this was not obnoxious. And yeah, and, and don't, lo- we love it, right? We have a guy who is competitive and has some, you know, moxie out there. Let him, let him keep going. Yeah, so like uh, I, I, I love the enthusiasm and the swagger. Like, I liked, I like watching Baker Mayfield. I enjoyed watching mm-hmm. him play. Um, sure. I to get a little bit of the the get off my lawn style. I just want it to be kind of pro your team. I don't like when it's showing guys up. The thing that bothered me in the heat of the moment, and I don't think it's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I think it's one of those. Like, it's just tough when you're so much better than the other team. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a bad look when it. It just it looks like you're showing them up, yeah, whether it's intention that, or not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what certainly we all we all do things in the heat of the moment. Heck, I mean, I'm look at our in-game tweets. Mm-hmm. We we do things all the time, overreact. Yep. But I'll give the guy a pass. I didn't have any problem with any of the stuff at, at NC State. I liked it. I, I, right. kinda, I don't mind the first down dance. That's not my style. I wouldn't do it. Right. But if it works for the guy and his mm-hmm. teammates like it, go for it. Like what I don't get is why people seem to be so much more upset by him doing it. But like, I mean, Riley Stapleton does this right. stuff. Right. Uh, if we'd seen Jimmy it, run one back for a touchdown, right. He would have done yeah. some stuff. Yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> and, well, Stapleton, yeah. like Weber state. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he slowed down to a big old trot and then just mm-hmm. stood as soon as he crossed. I didn't, that's fine. I mean, and that's certainly yeah. riling guys up. Like that's looking back at your teammates or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the quarterback, people think the face of the program or, or maybe people are still looking for, I don't want to say holes in his game, but people are still need him to prove it or prove something Mm -hmm. to them. So I don't know. Like I don't want him pointing at the other team. I don't want him grabbing his crotch. Like you said, but if he wants to do a dance and point for a first down, whatever, man, go for it. Whatever keeps, keeps you going. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I think that's right. And then, Rob, just one fifth down kind of overtime here is uh, we, I mean, the special teams were outstanding, right? And Amos obviously had the run back. Like you said, he's a weapon. I laughed at myself. Like there was one where Harry O'Kelly, the one time we did punt right at the start of the game, and he, it only went out of bounds at the 15 yard line. And uh, yeah, and I and thought, like, like, oh, darn oh, man, that's not even, that's, that's not good enough, you know? For all the years we, that, that special teams were, an absolute adventure in the worst kind of way um, in sort of late era Mickey, early withers. This is, it's so solid right now. It's just such a great part of the game that I, and it's paid off just in spades for JMU over the last two years. I mean, we saw it in the playoffs two years ago. That felt like the third phase of the game was JMU's strongest phase. And or I, last year, even last the year, kick, the kicking game. Yeah. I mean, I mean that was thank goodness. Biggest kick- yeah, yeah. not only the kicking game, I mean, obviously Ratke and Tyler Gray the last couple of years with big field goals, but also, I mean, D'Angelo Amos and Harry O'Kelly were probably the, the offensive, other than Stables, and they were the stars of the championship game. Yeah. You know, it was their place that made us all think we could still win. So just, I hope they keep that going on special teams. It's wonderful to see. Um, I don't know, nothing, I mean, nothing really else to say about that. And, no, I, I said that too, like I, 
you know, I think I think specials and defense look like they're ready for CA play. Yeah. Um, hopefully they both continue to get better. Offense has a really high ceiling, but isn't there yet. And That's right. you wouldn't expect it to be after only five quarters, mm-hmm. four of which were against, you know, an <laughs> ACC team, and one of which was against Norfolk State. So yeah. um, it's understandable. Yep. I don't think it's like our alarms aren't going off, but it's more the positive is, man, two-thirds of the way. Uh, or two thirds of the of the team has really, you know, been hitting on all cylinders already. Yep. And for anybody on the NC State thing, I mean, anybody, they, I'm not sure if they got in the top 25 this week, but they rolled Georgia State this weekend, yeah. 41 to seven. And it is a reminder of how how high JMU's ceiling is this year. And just because NC State is not the same name on the front of the, I mean, <laughs> watching Florida State the last two weeks. You know, you'd think if JMU was playing Florida State, that'd be a way bigger thing. But, right, NC State's the real deal. And, yeah, it, it's um, nothing to hang their head about there. And one last note, um, big shout-out to the fans, the JMU fans down there at the Norfolk State game this week. That was uh, definitely a, a trial to make it to that game. Rob, I know your sister and brother-in-law were there. Yeah. Um, great fans. They, you they know. said it was fun. Yeah. They said it was really fun. said it was a great, like – I've heard nothing but good things about the uh, game day experience at Norfolk State. Yep. I mean, everybody, I think, was disappointed not getting to see their band. Right. Um, but it's a nice stadium, not very full because of the rain. But Right. Um, and supposedly the pregame events were really fun at, at Waterside. Yeah. I mean, I, think, I mean, it just sounded like a good turnout. It's a shame that it rained. I saw uh, Swag and Jason in a couple pictures from that event. I saw yeah. um, Happy Birthday, Laura Burns. Big JMU fan got a uh, Duke dog and a sing-along in the rain delay, I think. Oh, wow. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, b- great job, JMU fans down there in the Tidewater. And we are thinking of you this week. Uh, everybody stay safe. Do what you need to do. You can come out to uh, Greensboro. I talked to Jamie today. <laughs> they're going to Atlanta from Wrightsville Beach. So, oh, that's, yeah. I'm glad they're getting out. Yeah, I, I told I, him, I was like, I, you're welcome to come here. And he was like, no, we're getting out. Like, so. Yeah, it's it's getting scary. Yeah, it's getting for real all scary. the JMU fans down there in Tidewater and, and certainly the ones in the Outer Banks, by the way, Outer Banks Duke's chapter has been uh, really putting it down pretty well the last first couple of weeks. So a few of them at the game this week and they had a big event, big watch party for the NC State game. So good job, Outer Banks people. I know there's a couple that's been a uh, guest posters for us a number of times the last few years winning the prediction contest. So, oh, speaking of that, uh-huh. what? Oh, yeah. I- what are, I don't know what we're going to do. I'm, like, I'll, I think I might do it. I might steal it this week. We'll see. Or, we, I think we've got a special guest post on, on Lefty. But oh, yeah. So I we may just I, use that. Yeah. We, we might just use that. So apologies, but I'm, one quarter, what are you going to do? Yeah, Lefty got in the Hall of Fame last week, and uh, Khalil Garriott um, sent us a really cool piece about Lefty. So we're going to be putting that up this week on the blog. Um, as always, you can find us on the blog and yeah. at Jamie Sports Blog on Twitter. Um, Rob, t- one concern from you. Anything? going into this yeah. week it's crazy well week. just because we already talked about how two-thirds of the team really looks great i, I guess i'm not concerned but mm-hmm. i'm i'm still waiting for the offense um to mm-hmm. show up um particularly the red zone mm-hmm. it's it's nothing to freak out about like oh my gosh you know they were forced upon or they had to settle for a field goal but given that we only have one quarter to kind of look at yeah it stands out um and for all <laughs> yeah. those reasons we stated we can come up with a million excuses for the red zone was, you know, going back to the championship game last year. It's like, Oh, it was North Dakota state. It was a different unit. We get that. But, and then NC state ACC team. Oh, you know, it can be forgiven first game. But then again, you know, settling for 
for a field goal or being forced to punt. Punting, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I I want to see them start to do it consistently. Where you you know that when you get down there, you're gonna not need to settle for so many field goals. Yep. Um, and the other thing that I know a couple people have talked about, I'm not anywhere near ready to say, oh, he can't do it, or oh, you know, the lack of a downfield passing game is a big yeah. is a big hole in Tennessee's game. I, I have no idea. We just haven't seen it. Right. They haven't called the plays, or he has chosen a check down. Um, but I'm kind of looking forward to that. Uh, JMU has never had one of these rocket arm quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, they've know. got guys. They got guys who can get it done. Yep. But we're we're not going to be bombing it away 50 yards. But I still am anxious to see what happens when they open up the playbook. Mm-hmm. And I am curious to see. I don't know. Maybe Danucci's got great touch. Um, maybe he's. Maybe that's weakness. I don't know. It's just to me, it's a complete unknown. Yep. So I'm. I guess I'm kind of copping out of this a bit. I don't want to make it sound like I'm freaking out. It's not a concern, but it's still something that I haven't seen from my own two eyes. Right. So un- until I see the offense consistently move the ball um, in a vertical fashion, and until I can see them start consistently punching in for six instead of settling for three, that's going to be something that I'm looking for improvement on. Mm-hmm. Um, is that fair enough? Yeah, that, I think without, that's very fair. without sounding like I'm some sort of freak who's like going crazy, like oh my gosh, we only won seventeen nothing. No, and I think it's important to keep in mind that as you said, uh, you know, you think about guys like the probably the three consensus best quarterbacks of all time at JMU: Justin Riscotti, uh, Rodney Landers, and Vad Lee. None of them were rocket arm guys. Right? They well, were, I, I can hear people screaming Brian Shore's name. I, you're right. Out. Okay, so Shore too, but even Shore, yeah. right, was a yeah. was a mobile running, keep the play alive, you know, and made the throws that they needed to make. I mean, I, I think Riscotti might have even been the best of all of those guys. Yeah, at, or, or Riscotti and Shore maybe, but all you of know, those, those are the best Shore. teams. And the times when JMU has had, I mean, they had Mike Cauley, they had Greg Maddox, yeah. they've had a couple guys with big arms. Yeah, those were not good teams. Like, no, Collie had a couple good, good yeah, teams, yeah. but yeah, it was in this case. I said, Shore, the best thing about Shore, Shore could extend plays, mm-hmm. and then he just had the confidence to throw it up and let his receivers make plays. And I'm he hopeful was, about Danucci in the same way. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, remain, like, I haven't given that up at all. So. No. And I mean, and not to knock Shore, mm-hmm. Shore was a great quarterback. I love watching play. Mm-hmm. I, I was geeking out watching highlights from him last night <laughs> on YouTube. Um, but it wasn't like he was. Kurt Warner dropping these things in people's hands. <laughs> right. He was extending plays and you know making our jaws drop, but then just kind of throwing it up. Yeah, and it, it was amazing. It, the guys came down with it, but that's not the same thing as you know threading the needle like Aaron Rodner, Aaron Rodgers. Right. Um, so let's let's be optimistic and hope that Danucci can do it. Mm-hmm. But I hear people saying, "Hey, until I see him, I'm, I'm going to be worried about it." That's completely legitimate. Yeah, but, I mean, the, yeah. one thing I was happy. I mean, Danucci's own self-reflection last week to the press um, has kind of gotten lost in the taunting penalty this weekend and maybe deservedly so, but I, I, it was nice to hear him after the NC state game say, yeah, that's, I know that's my weakness. I pull it down too early. I look to run too early, yeah. you know, and I, I need to keep working on that. And I, yeah. I think that's really good to hear. So, yeah. And, and then my one concern for this week is just focus, um, for the team, the fan base, the coaching staff, everyone. I don't know what's going to happen this weekend. Uh, you know, I think it's a coin flip might be generous on whether JMU plays this weekend. And, oh, I'd, I'd be surprised. Right. So they got so high for a big FBS game at NC State. And then they end up in this, you know, 
shit show that was this past weekend in terms of weather and the decision on the game and playing one quarter of a game. And I think we'd both be at this point almost probably surprised if they play this weekend. Um, people that have been in the Valley a long time know that when these storms come inland and install out, they tend to be a disaster. Um, there are some epic pictures of Bridgeforce Stadium <laughs> with like five feet of water in it. Um, just in the last 10 years um, on storms that were potentially way less dangerous than this one. So I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. And, and you're talking about bringing, asking another team to come into the path of the storm to do it. So I, I just hope that the coaching staff, uh, the players can kind of hang in there. You know, they got William Mary and CAA play coming on, on the horizon after this. And I don't know what, if they were to not play this weekend, I don't know what it means to, the schedule, I don't think they're the only, they're certainly not the only FCS team that's probably going to lose a game this weekend. Or FBS. I think it's oh, most of the games. I, tons of I them. think most of the games in the Carolinas and Virginia are going to end up not being played. And I can tell you, um, like here at UNCG, we're, we're canceling, we're probably going to cancel the end of this week. And we're not, we're going to have some epic rain, much like Harrisonburg, but we're not, it's not probably life threatening for most people in the way that it is at the coast. Yeah. But the governor and the president of the system have asked that our police and fire fighters and those kind of things be available to assist Elizabeth city or UNC Wilmington or East Carolina. Like there's bigger things in play here. And I hope that our fans, there's no, there's really no decision that JMU can make this week. That's a bad decision. I, I just, it, you know, don't freak out about this. I, it does. Of course it sucks. It's happening in a year when we have only five home games and now we might only have four, but there's, this is way bigger than a football game. Oh, yeah. Much like paving Godwin Field. Um, so, yeah, right? But, you know, just take it with a grain of salt. I, I think, you know, if they cancel the game and it was a bad decision, then it'll just be a bad decision for football fans. If they yeah. don't cancel the game and it's a bad decision, it's that's wor- it's really a infinitely worse. decision. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, infinitely worse. It's, yeah. it's not even comparable. No. And so just I hope that everybody – you know, the fan base, the players, the coaches, I hope everyone can just maintain their focus, whatever happens this week and be ready to host William and Mary uh, in two weeks. So that's really my only concern going forward. So Rob, you want to uh, talk about an overtime topic tonight at the rain approaching? Oh yeah. Well, with the rain, we asked people for suggestions and we got various forms of, Hey, you know, rainy day activities or things to do during a rain delay. Um, obviously, anticipating not having a game and looking for things to do this weekend. So um, rather than just open it up that broadly, we kind of thought movies, you know, <laughs> if, if there's a lot of games across the Southeast canceled, you know, without a JMU game, our next go-to would most likely be watching other football games. Yes. But let's assume, okay, no football games. What are you going to do? You're going to watch movies. So we're going to open this up not to our favorite movies, no. but to maybe our favorite bad movies and or – kind of guilty pleasure movies. Yeah, really so, bad, so, really guilty like, pleasures. Yes. Really bad, or just movies that you love that are just embarrassing, you don't want people to know about. Right. So, you, so you talk about them on a podcast, which is the best way to keep it to yourself. <laughs> you know, so, um, but you, you can go ahead and kick this one off. Well, I, the one thing I realized in thinking about these, I was trying to come up with three, was that I am a 13-year-old girl. Oh, you know, good. We, we, we all had in common then. Right, okay. Um, with... Apologies to my five double O Chawan uh, roommates back in the day. Um, Shag just barely did not make the list. <laughs> so um, 
I, I guess I really am a North Carolinian at this point. If I shag almost made the list, but yeah, my exactly. number three was uh, was Point Break. So, oh well, that that's that's, that's a almost, quality yeah. quality bad movie, <laughs> right? Right. I, that was, and this will be probably the only quality. Well, no, I got one more quality bad. Movie. I mean, you could actually rename this the Keanu Reeves category if we're talking about <laughs> just like enjoyable that's right. bad movies. I hadn't even yeah. thought about that. Is Point Break actually my favorite bad Keanu Reeves movie? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you've got a wealth. Of, you've yeah, just you got, got a lot Matrix, of really enjoyable movies. Lawyer yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, but, that one with, where he's like the devil or El Pacino is the devil or something. You're right. But when we got the 100 year storm approaching. Yeah. I, I just, I felt like this one was fitting for the Vota Zafa um, mm-hmm. headed into this weekend. So I, I, I couldn't really, uh, couldn't resist putting that one on there. With Johnny Utah? <laughs> Johnny Utah. Give me two. Give me is, two. Is that just a bad play off Joe Montana? I actually have no idea. Oh, I didn't even think about The Replacements. Another terrible Keanu Reeves movie that's really good. Oh, yeah. That, is, that one's really bad. All right, race. Well, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll just yeah. – not, not really guilty pleasure because hopefully somebody else likes this too, and it's definitely bad. Uh-huh. I know that. It's a terrible movie. But whenever it comes on TBS, and uh-huh. I think TBS is the only station that If you nail mine, I'm going to lose it here. Yeah. Well, mine's Cocktail. Oh yes, <laughs> I mean that's it's it's pretty indefensible on every level. Yeah. I mean it's it's terrible. Say, save Elizabeth Shue, mm-hmm. who, who I I like, and Adventures of Babysitting is another one of my no. guilty pleasure flicks from her from back <laughs> in the day. But um, it's just bad. I mean the whole premise of the movie is stupid. Where like he's in business school and he's trying to come up like his big idea is a bar. Like I mean I went to business school. I heard a lot of really bad pitches, but like Cocktails don't waste dreams, baby. Yeah, if you're just gonna open a freaking bar, just open the bar. Right. Um but the whole Coogan's Laws mm-hmm. things and just everything about it. Um that song Kokomo, <laughs> like there's nothing good about that movie. I did it's a it is how I learned but, how to make But but I love watching it. it. It is the first place that I think I ever watched people like the solution to a hangover was drinking more. Oh yeah, the hair of the dog. Right. Yeah. The um the red eye there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I don't know. I, I watch it whenever it comes on, and I hate myself for it. Flare bartending. There you go. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't think you can hate yourself more than I do for this one. Um, I love the modern. Well, I guess it's. I guess it's modern. It, it is a remake, but the Lindsay Lohan version of Parent Trap. Oh, whoa. <laughs> So I told you I was going to embarrass myself here. Yeah, but there is a section of that movie, and maybe it's just the kind of rainy day thing that I was thinking of, from when the two kids meet at camp until they both reveal to their parents that don't know them what happened. If that section of the movie is on, I will watch it. I don't watch any part before it or any part after it. The, the bad... oh, I'm, I'm still I'm team Haley Mills for, for this. I like wait, the old version. Wait, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess so. I, I don't know why. I just... That part of the movie, the whoever the bad woman is in the movie doesn't like. I don't care at all about the end of the movie, um, but yeah, it gets me every just, time. Just the highlights oh, and man. like the butler, the whole ridiculousness of it. Like they're both super wealthy. Both their parents have gone on to you know super. The whole thing is ridiculous. Oh, it's it's my niece loves that movie. So. Right there, you go. So I told you. you, you yeah. yeah, you can hang out with her. Okay, and that's, that's awesome. great. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I could just, I could do a whole little podcast or on bad kind of teen angst movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like me and Decap and Castro used to watch them every Sunday. Like the bad, like there's like the, the raunchy teen comedies. I'm not even talking those. Not like American Pie or, or 
what, what's that one with Jonah Hill? Um, oh, super, super bad. bad. Yeah, like not not those. McLovin. I'm talking like she's all that and ten things I hate about you. Yeah, we used to always watch those. That's a whole High different finality. level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- <laughs> those are just terrible. Um, my other one, like this is a objectively, it's a bad movie, but I, I guess it's kind of gotten better with age. But have you ever seen Euro Trip? I don't think I have, Rob. Yeah, well, no. you and you and millions of other people have not seen that. <laughs> Because it's it's not good. Um, it's just your standard kind of lowbrow. Like let's go to like three guys. What is it? Three guys and a girl. I think it's like something like that. Something yeah. like that. I mean, Whatever. Sort of and it's like a twin this. sister. What, right. There's like a weird scene where they all get messed up in a club and like the brother, the twins start making out with each other. Like it's just it's not a <laughs> not a good movie. But there's a Matt Damon cameo cameo that's just hilarious um <laughs> and he's in it like he sings the scotty doesn't know song anybody who's seen the movie is gonna know what it's talking about but the guy's the main guy like his girlfriend's cheating on him to the point where like th- they're at a party and the band fronted by matt damon some punk band, mm-hmm. has a whole song about it and the song becomes his big hit it's not a good movie there's <laughs> nothing really that funny about it other than seeing matt damon try to act like is this, where is matt damon in his career at this point he, oh he's a big deal okay it, he was already it, like up there like, oh yeah, this, is... this was post Goodwill Hunting. He's like that's, oh, wow. Matt okay. that's what I didn't realize. Yeah, no, he was like I, I read something about this recently. The guys who wrote it uh-huh. were friends of his from Harvard, and he had they they had money for some sort of cameo for this, mm-hmm. and they found out they were filming like in Prague, and he was filming maybe one of the Bourne movies over there. Okay, so like friend of a favor, you know, friend for a favor, he came over and said, "Yeah, I'll do it," and he plays like this really weird like Henry Rollins type role. Um, I don't know. I've now talked I more about Eurotrip than anybody else on planet Earth. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's an enjoyable thing if you're, it, it, it's like a really bad version of the hangover type, just dumb comedy, maybe. Uh-huh. I don't know. Oh, Again, so there, there's no, it's, it's bad. It's very bad. Oh. Well, my number one is also, um, it, this one actually is a little too cool for this category, I guess. It could be, depending on how you look at it. And it is fitting for the moment. Um, but this would have been, I, I, I was trying to really honestly talk to myself about whether this would have been my number one choice before or after the last two weeks. And I think it probably would have been. Um, for my dad and I, the one movie or two movies in this case, that if they come on at any time of any day, at any point in the movie that I will watch through to the end, is Smokey and the Bandit Part One and Two? Oh, well, that's yeah. Th- th- those are good movies. Like I want to watch that prior they, to, to Burt Reynolds. Yeah, I, I know. And <laughs> the yeah. entire premise of the fact they can't get cores, you know, east of the Rockies. Yes, eastbound and down. Just, I mean, yeah. Anybody who hasn't, you know, like there is so much out of this. It, it but Smokey the Bandit Part Two with Dom DeLuise and the elephant and this yeah. whole ridiculous thing. It, like, I guess you could argue the first one is funny and good and it is funny and good it's and jackie it's, gleason it's jackie gleason it's sally field yeah. it's culturally inappropriate on every level um through, and yet weirdly probably somewhat oddly progressive for the south at that time and what the movie yeah. was about right um but that is the one for me that if, if i got a rainy day and i'm looking for a bad movie to watch that, that's i mean i thought about the alien movies i thought about armageddon i thought about roadhouse but there's, there's no doubt. That, sways. Yeah, sways. But uh, there is no doubt. that uh, Yeah, I thought about it. What's the one where 
with the high school kids and the Russians. That's another Swayze oh, um, classic. Red Dawn. Red Dawn, right? Yeah. But but no, the truth for me is that Smoking the Bandit, um, trying to get cores from there's beer in Texarkana, people. So yeah. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a good movie. That's not that's mm-hmm. not to be ashamed of. It's I a bad have movie, some, but it's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have something that probably. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it, I mean, it's got one of the most successful actresses of our time in it, but okay. it is absolutely an embarrassing movie to admit that I like. And I didn't realize I liked it until uh-huh. a couple weeks ago when my wife started giving me a hard time being like, why do you always watch this whenever it's on? And that's, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> yes! yes! Just... You're right. I actually did not, I forgot about that one. But there, I... that is another one where if I can't deal with the early part of the movie. No. But if, you but catch, if I like, get to the last like forty five minutes, I'm in. Yeah, what, like when they're in Paris and all that. Yeah, like for the whole point when she like does well and then comes back over and then just waiting for that Meryl Streep like little look across the street. Yeah, like and, I'm waiting for that moment forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'll try to like justify it by saying, oh yeah, I like Meryl Streep's performance. I have no idea. I don't know anything about fashion. No. I don't like Anne Hathaway. Um, that dude from Entourage, I'm annoyed by him <laughs> as everybody else. Like, there's nothing that should appeal to me, and I didn't even realize I liked it, or maybe I did, and I just didn't want to admit it. Mm-hmm. But I was watching it for like the umpteenth time the other day when it was on. My wife was like, "Goodness," she's like, "You always see this through." She's like, "You like it? You like it?" I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> but I've probably seen it 14 times. So. That's uh, I, I already said Parent Trap. So I mean, what can I say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe mine wasn't the most embarrassing. Right. I mean, so yeah, yeah, the last 30 minutes of Pitch Perfect, but that's not even a bad movie. That's just a good movie. Oh, that's a funny movie. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? Um, well, I think <laughs> I think we've embarrassed ourselves enough for one. Yeah, night. definitely. Yeah. Um, this is, hopefully, this you guys are enjoying the rain delays uh, both last weekend and this weekend. Um, we'll see what happens coming up this week. We're rooting the Dukes on against Robert Morris. We're not overly concerned about the outcome other than whether they're going to play or not. And we are certainly looking forward to hopefully everybody being safe, coming back, coming through the storm this week and really getting geared up for CIA play next week. I guess the real season starts next week. So Rob, you got anything else tonight before I No, just stay safe, everyone. Yeah, definitely. Um, Have a good week. Uh, Take care of yourself. Don't panic. Stay safe. And uh, Rob, I'll talk to you next Monday. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Go Dukes.